0: Hey everybody,
1: it's Eric with Leaning Middle, talking today about my new podcast called Conflict Week. It's a bite-sized look at different conflicts that are underreported happening around the globe. Check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform that you use to listen to podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's episode of Leaning Middle. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for
0: your country. The only thing we have to say is fear itself. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Welcome back to Leaning Middle. This week we are going to discuss the infamous January 6th and the attack on the Capitol and who led that attack and who was involved in that attack. Obviously, a lot of people are pointing fingers at President Donald Trump for his role in inciting the crowd and using terminology to get them worked up and and drive them in that direction. And what is the fallout of the attack on the Capitol? And we're going to take a dive into all of that right now. My name is Brian, and I'm Eric, and this is Leaning Middle. So,
1: talk about the talk about a hectic week.
0: <laughs> there, there's a few things to read and watch on TV right now. I know and, exactly. And surf the internet.
1: Yeah, there's definitely current events is having its uh, pop culture moment, but I think the easiest way to break down everything that's happened this week is maybe just kind of take a step back and look at it from beginning to end, because there's so much that did take place that almost creating a timeline and breaking it down event by event will be easier to digest than trying to discuss the larger implications of, um, you know, this kind of insurrection. So.
0: and I'm going to challenge you just a little bit on that one and say we should take a step back and examine it from beginning to now, because this thing is long from being over.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so go if for we it. Take, yeah, if we start probably about, you know, um, a week or two ago when Donald Trump initially announced that he would be holding this rally, you know, that's when we started to see right wing groups on social media as well as just private discord servers and just kind of around the internet talking about how they were going to mobilize and try to make this, you know, an event people would remember they threatened mobs. There was people threatening to storm the Capitol and attack or execute, um, Congress people, congressmen are the line of succession to the president then you saw even trump's allies like the attorney lynn l wood who came out and said that they should execute mike pence and you know there's just escalating rhetoric that got to the point where they were priming you know the most dedicated followers for an actual kind of revolution a violent revolution and not a lot was really paid much attention to that because i think i you know, saw it summed up somewhere the best, the best way anybody could, which was that was not like that didn't escalate quickly. Like that escalated slowly and intentionally for four years. So, It's almost like the frog in the pot kind of analogy, where if you turn up the temperature of the water, you know, slowly over time, it's going to eventually just cook. And that's how I feel like a lot of people have felt with this raising rhetoric in terms of extremism is we're like, all right, you know, what is the new normal in terms of what a politician is saying or talking about? So even though, you know, there was language that in hindsight was obvious calls for alarm, a lot of people were just ignoring it as these you know not taking these people seriously then we jump to um January 5th when we had the Georgia runoff and it was clear that the democrats were going to retake the senate which um you know we'll see has a lot of different implications moving forward in this process but it's worth noting how that event does kind of shape into things especially after the attack when they're back in the chamber so um what have you heard about the president's speech, you know, when he was out there with Rudy and his son? I know you were driving most of the day, but from, you know, you, you've you talked to different family members and stuff. What have you heard impression-wise about that? So,
0: yeah, I was – unfortunately, I was wrapped up on business all day that day, and I didn't get to hear all of it. And I, I hadn't really gone back. There's been so much going on. I haven't gone back and listened to the whole thing as much as trying to stay up with current movement in this, uh, this whole situation. The things that, that stand out to me with that speech that I'm hearing talking to friends and, and family and, and just other people is, every, everybody's saying the same thing. It, it's awful what happened that day, but why we're there is where the difference of opinion comes in. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of people that are, are saying, you know, the, the it, that shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have, have charged into to the Capitol. But the reason that they were there was right. They were, you know, that election is fraud. And people are upset because they feel that the election was stolen. And they feel that there's widespread infiltration of the far left, the, the radical uh, left that um, is controlling this country now. And if you speak up or or you uh, don't agree with it, they're going to shut you down and they're going to shut you out. And there's too much evidence. And, and my question is, OK, what evidence? Show me the evidence. I, I mean, 60 lawsuits in the court's are in and, and every single one of them are saying
1: there's no evidence i think so, the issue with the evidence in the lawsuit is a lot of people get the affidavits confused with actual admissible evidence mm-hmm. which an affidavit is a signed statement by somebody saying that they saw something and that that's great but you know we have this thing in our courts called hearsay which is you can't just, you know, say like, oh, yeah, I I saw something or I, you know, I heard these people talking about it. Because as soon as you become one, one person removed from the actual event, you can no longer be admissible in court. So that's where I've been talking to people too. And when I hear the, uh, everybody say they're not looking at the evidence, I, I tend to find out they're talking about all these signed statements, which are great, but they, you know, then have to follow up with those people and they have to get the proof of what they saw. And that's where they're running into trouble. Well, what I,
0: what, what I was kind of, and I think that's absolutely right. And I have a family member and I love this family member in case they're listening right now and, and I'm not picking on them, (laughs) but I have a family member that is adamant that there's video footage. And I said, have you seen the video footage? And this person said, well, I haven't seen it, but neither have you. And I'm like, exactly. And they're like, well, you wouldn't see it on the channels that you watch. That's what's
1: dangerous about that thought process. And John Oliver had a really good saying about it. But I'll let you finish before I go into that fallacy.
0: but, But that's what that speech did, was it played directly to the crowd that was there for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. in in my opinion, the, the narrative, these people are touting and screaming and regurgitating the narrative without even thought.
1: Yes. And and without
0: any, any type of research or um, it's, that's what's scary to me is this guy is a master manipulator. I, he is up there with the ranks of, and I know a lot of people draw this comparison and, everything else but and i and i don't mean this while i do he's right up there with
1: hitler yeah exactly i mean it it is it's it's worth just saying now because even his administration's coming out and saying like we were wrong he's a fascist and it's like it just comes from the narcissistic personality disorder
0: yeah and so i think you know everything that he said in that speech Take that out, just and and apply it to all he was doing. The whole purpose of that speech was to get them riled up and get them angry. I was actually talking to someone when my wife called me, and I answered the phone because you always answer your wife's call. Uh huh. I answered my wife's call, and and that's. That's future advice for you there, Eric.
1: Good to um, know, yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, I answered it and she was all worked up and she said, have you seen what's going on? Are you watching this? And I said, no, I'm, I'm working and I'm talking to someone right now. And she said, they have bro- they've broken to the Capitol building. They have, they're in the hallways of the Capitol building. And I'm like, what? And I told this person, now this person is a ardent Trump supporter. Yeah. Okay. And I told this person what was going on and they just kind of laughed and kind of smirked. And that to me still haunts me a little bit because they didn't they didn't understand the gravity of the situation.
1: I also think a lot of the people uh, well there definitely were some people who knew exactly what they were doing but I think we're going to come to see so many of the people who also stormed the Capitol and got, you know, intoxicated by that mob mentality ended up really also not quite understanding the gravity of what they were doing. You know, it's, we see somebody ultimately. We're at
0: 90 arrests right now.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's just, uh, based on, you know, kind of the early information too. I I think these investigations will probably go deep. And, uh, the one thing about Biden's attorney general pick, um, that should make everybody who participated in this terrified because not to deviate off course too much, but Merrick Garland, he has one big claim to fame besides, uh, you know, the craziness around the, um, his Supreme court nomination back in 2016, but he was the gentleman who successfully caught and prosecuted Timothy McVeigh and everybody involved with the Oklahoma city bombing. So Mm. his legacy with domestic terror incidences and attacks on the government is, uh, not, he does not mess around. So it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well. But, um, so back to kind of the timeline that we, so we, that's where the speech was. Got really crazy. Then it ends. And they start marching and advancing towards the Capitol. Crowds had already formed at the Capitol, people who just didn't even go um, to the speech itself because they were ready for what you know this was about to yeah. I'm I'm gonna
0: inject one one thing here because it, it fits the timing that, that you're talking about. Uh-huh. Have you seen the video of uh, from Don Jr. of them in the tents?
1: yes yeah yeah
0: they're literally watching this mob walk down the street and there's they're partying there's music playing and Donald's standing in front of the the uh or president trump sorry president trump is standing in front of a tv watching this mm-hmm. and ivanka's right next to him and eric's right next to him uh mark meadows is walking around there and he's getting in behind uh don jr and they're laughing and joking and Don's girlfriend is there and they're all dancing and he's sitting there talking. It's any minute now, any second where it's going to start. That's the their thing. Is they, holy
1: cow. They, it literally has kind of, they've created a reality where they're even divorced from what has be, what their movement has become. I think a lot of people within the Trump administration are more than aware of what they're doing, but at the same right, I absolutely believe that, you know, somebody like Don Jr really didn't understand that he had created a movement that was about to violently break into the Capitol building and try to execute Mike Pence. I yeah. think it you know there is just a degree of separation of reality from what their rhetoric is doing. You know, they've always been privileged. They've never really had interaction with the average American citizen at all in their entire lives. So, why would they then understand you know the power of their words it's yeah it's also where the whole you know the f your feelings thing that's commonly heard on the right or facts don't care about your feelings. That's not the way government needs to be handled, because when you only run things by raw numbers and statistics, it's impossible not to come out as a sociopath. You know, so much of what makes politics incredible in this country is the ability to connect to your politicians and feel actually well, it's, represented. It's empathy.
0: Yeah. I mean, when, when you take empathy out of, of what you do, then what are you doing up there? Exactly. exactly. Your its power okay. power grabs. But Sorry, I didn't, no didn't mean to, to sidetrack you. I just that video would just blew me away when I
1: saw that. Yeah. So what we then see is crowds start to form on several different sides of the Capitol. The Capitol building is entirely flanked. Um, cable news um, has start you know starts to report and just kind of say like, wow, you know, we we have some legal experts here and everybody's really surprised that they let them onto the steps of the Capitol. Normally they would have never gotten even up to the base of the steps, let alone on top of them. So irregularities start to be pointed out pretty quickly. Um, Seems that things were just underprepared. Nobody really expected the crowd to be as aggressive as they ended up being. So um, things just kind of continue to escalate. Bottles are being smashed. Photographers are being assaulted. Media members are being assaulted in the crowd, um, tossed around, accused of being Antifa, X, Y, Z, what have you. And then eventually there's a couple different breaches that start to take place. There's a breach in the window where they're just breaking windows and jumping in. And then there is the really dramatic footage um, that we had discussed um when we were talking earlier there, Brian, about uh, the people that were shoving down the, uh, the hallway trying to kind of push through the police, and they were actually recycling fresh people to come in and lead the charge after everybody got tired. So there was a shockingly coordinated right. approach to kind of gain access into the Capitol itself. Did uh, What did you right. think when you were seeing all of that? Uh, you
0: know, at, at that point – I don't know what I was really thinking. I, I think there was just so much shock. I mean, it, no, no no, force has ever penetrated the Capitol building since the British of, and I think that was 1815 eight, or something like that. Yeah, I thought
1: it was 1812, 18, but I think that might be the war of 18, 1812. 12. I don't know, but I yeah. was also going to say- I, I
0: need to go ask my wife. She's the history yeah. major, but- uh, It's
1: funny. But Did you I, take them seriously? That's my question. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is when I was watching it, I was like, "This is goofy," you know. I was like, "They are unprepared, and they didn't take these guys seriously, and they're a bunch of drunk clowns." And that's the that's what I felt watching it. And how wrong was I? You know, I come to find out after a few days. But it's it's just.
0: I sent you the.
1: Go Go ahead. Yeah, that's all.
0: Yeah, I sent you. Well, I sent you that TikTok video of that guy over in Australia talking about how the Trump, you know, is, is more of a uh, uh, reality TV in the season finale. They stormed the castle and, and everything else. But they were making fun of the, what the people were wearing. Yeah. And the, these people, they look more like a drunk tailgate
1: party gone wrong. Yeah than than anything which else. is funny and... because apparently that drove donald trump insane he actually commented to one of his advisors and this is heard through uh new york magazine um he commented to one of his advisors saying i really don't like how trashy and low class they make me look so even as yeah. he created this mob and he, they are doing his bidding he's upset because they're quote-unquote low-class, which is well, coming from the man who eats his steak well-done with ketchup. Yeah, and and on that
0: <laughs> – well, hey, wait a second. Patrick Mahomes eats ketchup with his steak. Yeah, well – Probably not well done. I was going to say, I would
1: hope not.
0: But here's the thing about the, about that whole situation is this whole group of 75-plus million people that believe that Donald Trump is the savior of,
1: of everything. Let's, let's take a step back. I, I, I hate when that number's thrown around, and I'm sorry, and it might be overkill to clarify, but 75 million people did vote for him. But I would say we could probably cut that number about in half now by people who are still saying he won the election. Oh, no, now,
0: yes. Yeah. But what what I'm saying is you have this pre-, pre January 6th movement uh-huh. of, of people and and they're all this guy can't do any wrong and they're going to defend him and they're gonna argue for him and they're going to stop talking to family members for him. He doesn't care about no, you he doesn't he, you're doing all of this for him and you are a pawn in his game and he sits back and he laughs at how he can easily... Manipulate you and move you. It'll around. be
1: hard, and that's something we will be looking at for like a very long time moving forward. Where it's not like it really isn't Donald Trump; it's really the movement. You know, it, it, it's what all these conspiracy mm-hmm. theories—whether it's flat Earth or QAnon or I, I don't even know what you would call the mess going on right now—you know, QAnon 2.0. But it is—it's it, the ability to feel like you belong to something where you can exclude other people from and feel special because of the knowledge being told on you. You know, it's, it's a way to make yourself feel better about the reality of what's going on in your life. And that, that's what needs to be addressed more than anything, I think, which is, you know, why do people feel so dejected that they are not being heard and their beliefs are not being heard in politics that they would sign on to something this outrageous, you know, where's that failure coming
0: from in politics? That that's exactly it. And I was gonna bring this up in a few minutes, but you know, I was sitting sitting with my wife this morning talking and we were discussing why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like what got us to this point and why is this particular movement so angry? Yeah. You know, when I, I have family members that voted for Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. Hillary Clinton lost, they sat back and they were upset but they accepted it and they moved on with life. Right. That's not happening Mm -hmm. here. And, you know, so you have to ask yourself, why is this movement? And and here's, what's weird is I originally thought that the movement itself was a different type of person. And, and I was going with, you know, a lot of people want to tie it with, uh, I've heard different approaches to description of this group of people which is well it's a lower class well this is a different type of movement it's a mixed because you have people in there it's a blue collar Mm -hmm. class but that's not just it you have a lot of affluent people that are tied into this as well so really what is this movement because you you can't pin it on one group of of people i mean i've heard it that it's southern, um, you know, working class, I've, I've heard of it as um, it's the lower class that, that felt both those parties have felt um, disrespected and ignored for so mm-hmm. long. And, and that's where one of the biggest Trump supporters that I talked to, that's his opinion is, you're talking about people who have felt ignored, and uh, not listened to for so long and most of their life, and they finally have somebody that comes along and says, hey, I'll listen to you, I'll fight for you. And they they get behind them because somebody's finally paying attention to them. But it, that's, the, that's the thing that, that gets us, the, the, the crowd is so mixed. I mean, in this, this movement that you had that attacked the Capitol, that breached the Capitol, you had CEOs of companies, you had uh, firemen, you had veterans, you had the working class, you had college students. Where's the, I, I mean, in marketing, we break things down to demographics. Where, where's the constant thread here? Where, how do you break this down and, and really look at it and say, this is who this group is? To me, that's hard.
1: Yeah, you know, it is. It's impossible to create. It's something, you know, we've never really seen before, which is there's a lot of people who are in this movement and trying to utilize it for their own personal gain because they can see, you know, it, it's the game of Russian roulette where you can jump into this insane cycle and maybe ride. You know, it's basically what Josh Hawley tried to do is he jumped in. He said, I'm going to, in, you know, get involved with this insanity and hopefully I'm going to ride it to the top and get off just in time before, you know, the guillotine comes down and he, he – he, he misjudged exactly. that one. Exactly, and that's what always happens, you know, is like – and the longer somebody stays in Donald Trump's orbit, the wackier they get. Like the more of a caricature it becomes, yeah. like Rudy Giuliani goes from America's mayor to – you know, know whatever the Muppet that he's being portrayed by currently it's just it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's upsetting you know and it's sad so you see that side of it but then you have but, just the common person that does feel disenfranchised who isn't in it for personal gain or power or anything like that they really are just there because they so badly want to have the country that they firmly believe in, and I, you know, this is something. This is something we can discuss on a different episode, or really go in depth with. Yeah, is kind of yeah. where this angst from the conservative middle class comes from. Um, you know, I won't, I will so I will use me, any hot takes on that right now. But um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> let me, let me ask
0: you this question. Uh, kind of a spin off of the question you asked me. Do you think they expected to be able to get into the building?
1: I think. It was absolutely a surprise, but I also think that there was different levels of coordination. And I think that perfectly kind of plays into the next point, which is entering the Capitol and once they're inside the building. So we have the group there that, you know, it's like there's some funny photos going around Twitter where it's like you have guys who are decked out in full, you know, body armor with helmets, with the zip tie handcuffs. And side arms and like long arms and are storming through the Capitol. Then you have like little old women wearing masks with like a flag, like shuffling through the Capitol. And it's just like, oh, my God, you know, it's an absolute cluster F because you have, you know, what happened. uh, What's been kind of proven to have happened in a handful of the Black Lives Matter protests is. You know the far, far left guys who, you know, for who might have, be fallen under the name Antifa by the right wing media. The provocateurs of the left stirred things up and helped some of those protests evolve into riots. Just like you know the provocateurs of the right stirred up what could have been possibly just a protest into a violent riot of storming the Capitol. And you have people getting swept up in it who had no business or any idea of what was about to happen, happen. So that's what was so shocking to me was seeing, okay, um, this is a little bit of literally everybody. So how, like what happens now? And again, the news media was so quick to just cover the wackier things, you know, which was... Oh, you know, they're they're pooping on the ground, or this guy's smoking a joint in the rotunda. But I just remember where they showed the picture of the guy in like full body armor with his with a bunch of zip cuffs in his hand and a sidearm, and I was like, geez, you know, that's not that's not like normal. That's somebody like you don't you're not bringing zip ties in for any reason other than to take hostages or restrain somebody well
0: and and i think that goes to who was there and and the coordinated effort and and i think you saw some people get into that building that um really didn't expect to that got kind of caught up in it and and running with it and you got some other groups that were there for one specific reason and one specific reason only and you know it's i I wanted to kind of bring bring this (laughs) part up but uh I have been following, um, uh, good gosh, I just lost his name, Denver yes. Riggleman. Uh, and he is a former congressman, uh, just left office like a couple days before mm-hmm. this happened. And he is now uh, chief strategist for Network Contagion Research Institute, which is a group of former intelligence officers. And they put out a report. What they do is they basically are um, combating disinformation and watching groups online and where they're going and everything else. They put out a report that broke everything down and they, through their research and and watching everything and they're bipartisan, there's no, and, and he's a Republican Congressman. I got to, got to throw that out there or he was, but it's bipartisan. And, they're looking at, at everything from who was there, what was the coordinated effort, where are these people talking? Because that's, that, that's the next step we're going to talk about is Twitter and, and all that stuff, where are these people going? But my point is there were groups in there that were prepared for this, and then they surrounded themselves by people who got caught up yes. in the movement. And a couple of the groups that, that they were pointing to were the Proud Boys, which is white supremacist, mm-hmm. Oath Keepers, which is anti-government, NSC-131, neo-Nazis, New Jersey European Heritage Association, white also supremacist, Also kind of a wild word, just
1: got off the name, but <laughs>
0: like, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay. Um, the Nick Fuentes and Pire Army, neo-Nazis, American Nationalist Party, white supremacist, and American Guard, white supremacist.
1: So, those
0: a... are the those are the groups that have been tied to it by intelligence officers. Exactly.
1: So I hope I mean I know we're never going to, but people need to put the Antifa was there causing the violence to bet. It is very yeah, they... very, very, very weird that nobody who seems to follow Donald Trump can just admit that there's also nuts on the right wing. Who could have caused this, you know, where yeah. they're just like, nope, that was Antifa. Every single person who likes Donald Trump would never cause any violence. And I'm like, and that's just a cult. Like, that's the worst cult thinking I've seen in all of it, you know, where it's just like you can't even just own it and say like, yeah, I could see how a few of these people might get carried away. I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> and
0: what, what's – right before we jumped on this this recording, I was listening to Denver Riggleman uh, being interviewed. And they asked him about these groups and everything else. And they asked, you know, a lot of these far right groups are pointing to Antifa and saying it was Antifa. And he said there is no intelligent information at all that shows anything Antifa related was involved Why with. Why would
1: Antifa be involved with this when we like the left won? <laughs> right. Like it just doesn't That makes
0: let, let's go and get all everybody all riled up and break in and stop the Electoral College
1: acceptance of, of the – It's like you got to pick one. Either plates. Biden is a pawn of Antifa or Antifa is trying to tear down all of the government institution as we know it. It can't be both.
0: Yeah, it's number six in this report, and – this is a... I'm I'm. I'm still finalizing the report, but number six in the report was, there is no credible evidence that the crowd that stormed the Capitol was infiltrated or led by Antifa activists at this time.
1: <laughs> Antifa's uh, paradox.
0: Yeah, which I'm sure the leaders, if there were leaders of Antifa, are sighing a big sigh of relief. Yeah, right
1: exactly. I mean, it's just, again, it's... Antifa is like neo-nazi it's there and there you have organizations underneath that umbrella you know where you just named you you just rattled off you know a handful of neo-nazis mostly white supremacist organizations but it's the same thing with anti-fascist organizations but the difference is is the anti-fascist organizations are fighting fascism and the nazis are fighting for for fascism so it just gets a little weird because a lot of people like to argue over semantics instead of just like the historical precedent, but regardless. Right. Um... W-
0: well, and in this report, they put w- which platforms they were, each group was using in order to coordinate for this. And they show examples of coordination online and everything else. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, but that goes to, to my point of there were small groups in mm-hmm. there that surrounded themselves with uh, in people who were influenced and, and caught up Absolutely in the moment, would. like you were saying. And, and I think that's where you get some of the craziness that went on oh, in there. Yeah. Like, you know, the guy sitting in the speaker's chair and um, you know, the guy walking out with Nancy's podium and. That's just, what's you interesting know, I think
1: is those people, you know, those are the people that I don't think they really understood that they were definitely going gonna be going to prison for like five to ten years like minimum well
0: they understand now because yeah no they understand now but
1: it's still it is it's just like i was watching that and i was like because i was thinking about the lady who got shot and i was like wow somebody got shot and then like i really thought about it and i'm like yeah of course somebody got shot like if they were trying to break into the room where all the congressmen and women were yeah, they're they're just gonna kill him, you know. I'm like, I was kind of at yeah. that moment when it like clicked. I'm like, I'm kind of shocked they didn't just mow him down as they came in, you know. I, I, yeah, yeah, we're not gonna have the debate of you know, police's behavior versus yeah. this on another one. <laughs> that that'll be another episode. But it is well, and, and I
0: just thought about it. That guy that that j- just got busted for carrying the podium mm-hmm. out and all that, and he goes to jail. That's a felony offense. He's going to have a felony on his record. Can you imagine being in an interview and they'll be like, "Well, I see you got a felony. What's that about?" "Oh, you know that when that guy took Nancy Pelosi's sto- uh, podium? That was me."
1: You know what's interesting? That, that's going to is
0: it's going to go over real well.
1: american militants in Syria have already been spray painting that picture of him carrying the podium out on walls as like a cartoon <laughs> around Syria <laughs> as kind of this thing saying like, "Hell yeah." death to america so it's kind of funny to think about that yeah. his actions are now inspiring islamic militants on the other side of the globe well but that that's the weird thing about it too is
0: this whole thing is awful and and the, there's no reason they should have been in the capital in the first place but there's photographs and, and things coming out that are semi-humorous and people are joking yeah. around about you know i i saw a meme where Um, that guy was walking out and he's smiling and he's all, and they took it and and made it look like it was Chip Gaines. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this a joke? But at the same time, it was Yeah, because the jokes wrote themselves.
1: Like Tommy Tuberville gets sworn into the Capitol and its defense falls apart quicker than he destroyed Auburn. You know, there's so many jokes (laughs) you can make. And that's what the thing is, is we've lived through a horrific year that you know i'm not even going to say 2020 but like just the last calendar year of the last 12 months no matter what time cycle that encapsulates we're we got to joke about this stuff or else we're going to go completely insane because it is dark and it uh, is difficult and it is sad and humor brings us together so i don't you know there's always limits and it's hard to know when those limits are but like you said it was so funny originally and then more of the footage started to leak out to where, you know, we're hearing reports of people saying like, oh, they they broke in and they're like, where's Pelosi's office? And the cops directed them there or they um, broke in and were taking selfies and pictures with the Capitol Police. And it's just it, there's layers of horrificness right underneath the surface that we probably don't really quite understand how close we were to if there was just a couple dozen more people there with actual resolve to carry out an attack they could have annihilated the continuity of government which would mean they would have they yeah. would have wiped out the president pre- senator pro temp um vice president president of the senate and then also Kamala right. as well there's there's so much intense things that could have gone wrong in that event during a dual uh chamber meeting of congress that it is like, yeah, it's funny, but then you stand back and you're like, geez, what? Like, wh- what are we spending this defense budget on? Or the other question is, what did the administration know, and what did they knowingly tie up some an organization in terms of getting the response there? And that's where I want to see a real investigation done, and that's why I think the impeachments should, pers- you know, go forward. Yeah, so my opinion on
0: on that is, um, you know, I, and and well, and kind of moving into also the what they were doing there. So they they had just started the roll call and they had just hit Arizona, and the first objection came up and they split house. Yes, and I, I think that's kind of the next step in this conversation is. You know, where where do we go from here? Because we watched the evening on C-SPAN and um, so that we we got the actual speeches and, and less commentary. And it was kind of hard to, to be able to watch this without getting too much and, outside influence. I was going to say, everything. and by the
1: time they reconvened the Senate, it was so late. Like I was watching, I watch NBC um, because Chuck Todd just cracks me up. Not because he's funny, but it's just because he's <laughs> He's he's a weird man, but um, I uh, I was watching them, and by the time they reconvened, nobody was on air. You know, I think they were probably just showing the yeah. C-SPAN feed, honestly. So I yeah. I got the and, same feeling, and it was, yeah, we'll talk about Arizona, and it was even more interesting seeing the objection about Pennsylvania later. Yeah, and and I think that's
0: where we we kind of wrap this one up and and do a part two for for everything that comes after the event because um you know and you and i talked that night as all of this was going through and we were kind of like do we need to jump on and do a a a episode now and discuss all this and you and i kind of took the same approach of hey let's take a step back and let's process this and let's see kind of what this this does and and where it goes because you know, we don't want to get too caught up in emotion. How you don't get caught up in emotion with this in the first place is beyond me. I've been very emotional about Absolutely. this uh, the last couple of days. But, you know, it's it's such a scary, scary thing to think about, because. You, you think about it, most riots happen with people that are in the community and it's a community wide driven movement or or action this this was people flying in from all over the country there were groups from portland oregon there there were groups from kentucky from texas i mean every there were even some people from hawaii yeah so this was such a concerted effort to get there and to do this that that's what's nerve-wracking to me
1: yeah I, so, I agree.
0: Um, but you, we're kind of running up against the time. Do you agree? Let's, you know, do a part two and, and follow up with the fallout of the actual event. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, what's your what's your takeaway from the actual action of getting in there and doing what they they did?
1: I think uh, we gave far too much hope and optimism to Donald Trump. And it was a complete failure of both parties to allow the division and hate in America to get this bad. What that solution would have been to fix it. I don't know, but we failed horribly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My takeaway from it is, you know, political beliefs aside, this guy just showed us everything that, that he had. He had no intention of doing what was best for America. I mean, while all of these events were happening and and as people were inside the Capitol, President elect Biden came out first with a very heartfelt message and a strong message and, and a, a, a you know calling for action. And and he literally called Trump out and said, I'm calling on you to stop this. And then Trump comes out with a um, one minute and 43 second video saying, Hey, I feel your frustration. I know it was stolen from you. You know, he's still even in a supposedly call to action of stopping. He's still inciting them. And to me, that was his whole plan. He literally tried to stage a a coup and it didn't work. And now he's, that was his last last run at it yeah. for this. But I still don't believe we're done with it. Oh, him. no, not at all. Oh. I, I still don't believe that, you know, and that's the in the next episode, we need to talk about the 25th and the impeachment that movement that's taking place.
1: Definitely. So remember to subscribe, like, rate, review, share us with your friends and family, yell us from uh, rooftops, whatever your preferred method of communication these days is during a pandemic. Get the word out. We appreciate everybody who's been listening and uh, we look forward to um, exploring the aftermath of the storming of the Capitol with you on the next episode.